This episode is brought to you by Habit Aware. If you follow me on social media, you may have seen me wearing a watch with a lilac colored band. That's a keen too, and it's much more than a watch. It's a life changer. I've had trichotillomania for 22 years, and I always thought of myself as a conscious puller. But when I started wearing the Keen 2, I realized that was not the case. The Keen 2's motion sensing technology gives my wrist a gentle vibration or hug every time my hand reaches for my hair, bringing me to awareness so that I can make a different choice. Start bringing awareness into your life by going to barbaralally.com slash habit aware. My name is Jason. I live in Vancouver, Canada. I'm 30 years old and I compulsively pick my skin. It's probably like concentrated around my hands. I sort of noticed it when I was maybe like 19, 20. And it was something that like I was very ashamed of for many years. Uh, And it wasn't until maybe two, three years ago that I even like was able to like put a name to it, um, learn about BFRBs. And I mean, my life's changed since then, but that's the start of it. Do you remember the moment where it clicked? Like, hey, I'm kind of doing this behavior a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a little, but there wasn't that moment of clarity. If anything, I feel like my BFRB started in my sleep or some like sleep adjacent, like maybe I'd wake up at 2 a.m. and then I'm half asleep and I'm just sort of like mindlessly sort of picking and scratching at my skin. Um, The thing that I would really notice in those early days is just like the cuts that I would get on my fingers and just, you know, like washing my hands, you know, even just like bending my fingers, they would like start bleeding. And even just like using a pencil, holding a pencil would be painful. Uh, So that's what I noticed. I noticed the like cuts before the actual doing of the behavior. At what point did you find out there was a name for this? Me having cuts and yeah, after it was maybe a period of like two, three months where I was sort of like dawning on me of like, oh my gosh, like this is something that I'm doing to myself. Like initially I just thought, oh, maybe it's eczema. Maybe um, I just have dry skin or whatever it is. I didn't really put two and two together that I was compulsively doing it to myself. So, so those three months where I f- finally realized it's like oh I'm doing this to myself I started um like developing insomnia because I thought like oh if I just don't go to sleep I won't um I won't you know kind of pick up my skin in my sleep so there was a period where I stopped sleeping and I just I thought like my body was breaking down like there's just something wrong with me (laughs) like why is it why why can I not kind of like process this so uh, I started getting panic attacks and this one like particularly bad panic attack where I was actually hospitalized, like my friends like called the ambulance. I was like handcuffed. I was like taken to the hospital. And uh, I'd like to tell you that that's where <laughs> the story of how I learned about what a BFRB was. But no, the doctors were like, oh, anxiety is very common, especially among like college university students. And I was like released the next day. And 
I think there was another seven years of just I have this weird thing and I don't know how to explain it and the doctors don't know how to explain it so yeah like seven years of just being in the dark still picking my skin and I only found out about it through Adele she made a Facebook post and it was like just completely random that that Facebook post was like shown to me to be like oh um Adele in the message was like hey um yeah for her she compulsively pulls out her hair she has trick and um here's this thing about BFRBs it's related to skin picking maybe you know somebody and that was the moment where I'm like oh my god like here's this thing that I've been living with for like almost 10 years and I just like oh wow I only only through that did I learn it was like a quote-unquote term how did you feel when you saw that post because Adele specifically made the post wanting to connect, wanting to meet other people. And it wasn't just some random, like, you know, amorphous post on the internet. It was like, oh, a physical person that I can go and talk to. So yeah, shortly after that post, I think somebody else messaged her as well. So there was three of us. I remember we met at a Starbucks and I ordered like a tea and then we just started talking and like three hours disappeared where I didn't even hear them call my name that like, oh, my tea's ready. So like at the very end of the night, I'm like, oh, yeah, I ordered something. And I like go up to the counter and like my tea is just sitting there like cold. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, whoops. And then they're like, oh, yeah, like we didn't know if you left or something <laughs> like we could reheat it for you. And I'm like, oh, no, it's like totally fine. but um. Anyways, I just share that story to be like, yeah, I was like definitely very excited to meet somebody else who who had it. Yeah, and it, it, it wasn't just like um, like an internet rabbit hole. It was like, oh, here's this other person and they're telling me things that like I've been feeling for so long, yeah. What are some ways you would hide your picking in front of other people? I think I just got used to like, like just my resting sitting state was I put like my hands under like my shirt and I would just like as I'm sitting there just my hands are like always hidden under my shirt I think oftentimes people like they notice my hands and they're like oh yeah like Jason what happened like I think the pretty default response is like oh you know like uh, I have some lotion like do you want to use like you know, can I help you in some way? Um, because they would say like, oh, it looks like very painful. And I guess it was just very like embarrassing to be like caught out like that. Because I think it's sort of like unsuspecting, like I'm just going about my day, not really thinking about this like, scary thing. <laughs> um, and for them to just point out to be like, hey, Jason, I noticed this thing that looks different from you. It was like this reminder of like, oh, like, it's very noticeable. Um, so yeah, I think that was very, um, yeah, just this like caught out feeling deer in the headlights. Um, and I think there was this sort of frustrating element when they made the suggestion because um, there's sort of this feeling of like, you don't think I haven't tried that, you know, or like, you don't think I've, I like, I, I didn't think of that or I didn't. You know, if it would have worked, like if lotion is the thing that would have solved it, don't you think I would have figured that out by myself? Or like, um, I remember again, in those like first few months, just like 
trying um like putting on band-aids gloves like i remember like i i like tied my hands together uh because i don't know just 19 year old brain thinking hey if i like can't access them in my sleep um or again in this sort of like half half sleep state maybe i won't but of course like the urge to pick or pull or whatever is so strong that um you know i eventually like you know broke free i think i would get like chafing on my wrists i would do this thing where i would like put my hand in my jean pocket but the like fringe like the there's like that little extra texture there and just like even like rubbing my hand up against like my pocket i don't know sort of like scratch that itch i don't know a lot of hiding <laughs> i could go on there was a feeling I had where I said to myself, am I just being paranoid? Or are people really going to point it out anyway and now I'm just prepared with lies or covering up my bald areas? Oh, so many lies. Um, yeah, I remember one I would say is like, oh, I cut my hand cooking. Um, I like fell off my bike. I got my hand, my hand caught in a door. And I think I, um, you know how in Iron Man they have like, he has like a computer screen in his vision. To me, when I like walk into a new room, I feel like this like Iron Man vision of like, okay, there's 10 people in the room. These five people, I told them I fell off a bike. These three people, I cut my hand cooking. These two, you know, and I have to like constantly juggle like uh, who knows what. And if they do ask about it, like what am I going to say this time? And like just being caught off guard like that when somebody notices or... um. I think I remember these times where I would be like standing in a circle and one person mentions it and I would freeze up. And then another friend would like dive in to be like, I don't even know what they would say. Like, I'd probably just black out at that moment, but they would try to like say something else. And like, there's now this like new extra level of shame of like, ah, not only is this person noticing, but that person is now like, they feel sorry, like my friend feels sorry for me, or now they're trying to defend me, and they're saying something that's not right, and it's just like, ah, you know, like just social anxiety overload. It's exhausting. <laughs> Do you have a ritual when it comes to your BFRB? What comes to mind immediately as you ask that question is, I used to do, um, I think something that's very kind of like soothing is like washing my hands in really hot water, because I feel like just baseline whether it's like I feel like I'm constantly like clenching my hands or they're like either like swelling or like they're in like various stages of like skin healing um so you know wh whatever it is it, they're like dry they're cracked they're uncomfortable they're they're scabbed um so running my hands under hot water it feels like it's yes painful but like it's this pain that almost turns off the other pain like it's numbing and it it feels like i have control because the other like the bfrb kind of urge pain is just so like it's just on 24 7 and so to have this kind of place where i can just like like burn my hands really it's it's, it's just like nice to have a break i almost like 
would i i remember like going through my whole day being like hey don't pick don't pick don't pick resist 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 and then i would get back home to my um like my apartment and i would like run in i wouldn't even take off my shoes um i would like all my jackets on like i still have my backpack on and i'm just like running to my bathroom just to like feel that like hot water as like this like release unfortunately that it almost like feeling that like it it would like trigger my bfrb like my picking so um as soon as my hands are like running under hot water then i start like sort of like rubbing them and then um and then i can like start feeling oh here's this like part that like wh whatever it is that like i feel like i need to pick and then um but when I start picking under the hot water, I like don't notice the sensation enough as much because again, there's like this burning feeling. And so now all of a sudden I'm picking and then I'm like, ah, now I need to stop. So I like turn the hot water off, but now I'm like back into this. I don't know. I like almost entered this uh, like panicked spiral I talk about a lot. And I think that's almost like the dangerous part of the BFRB and throwing out the word ritual. It's like, to me, I imagine this whole, like, it's like this day long journey where I'm resisting, 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 resisting. And I just want that like tiny moment of relief. Just like, oh, I just want the pain to stop for like two seconds. That's the hot water. But then once I'm in the hot water, I'm like, okay, now I start picking. And then, you know, I could be in that trance for whatever, another hour or so. Are there any interventions that you've tried that you find yourself going back to? So I think for me, something that I think about and I like divide my sort of like management strategies is um, I'm thinking about like, I need prevention tools and I also need interruption tools. So uh, prevention tools are like things during the day that... Um, just make me feel less stressed and less activated. I think just like eating well, exercising well, like journaling. I feel like I have just so many racing thoughts all the time that uh, when I'm feeling anxious about something and noticing when I'm feeling anxious about something, I just like write out, like scribble on a notepad, just like, hey, Jason, you're anxious about this. Let's talk about it in a in a way that's like not triggered. So I find that that's like a really effective prevention strategy for me. But then once I'm in that sort of mid BFRB trance spiral, I started picking, you know, my hands are in the hot water. I'm like now compulsively uh, picking at my skin. It's a lot harder to sort of pull myself out. The thing that I like to do a lot these days a sort of like I trace I trace the sensation so maybe the urge feels really big on my hands but if I take my other finger and I like physically trace it from the back of my hand up to my forearm and then I notice oh not only is my like um, hand really tight but like my uh, forearm here is like really tight and like my bicep and my tricep and like my shoulder is like clenched my teeth are just like lockjawed uh my neck is sort of like the like golem like oh I'm in like a little cave 
all of that is just like um, I'm just in this like tight ball. So again, doesn't work all the time. But when I notice I'm in that like BFRB trance mode, um, I just try to like trace, zoom out, um, you know, like relax my jaw. It's weird how like relaxing my jaw helps my BFRB urge go away. Sometimes I'll like even wiggle my toes. Um, and then it helps just to like walk around. Like I just need to like <laughs> walk around to get all that energy out. Cause I know if I just like sit there in my little ball, um, I'm going to keep picking. I could talk about habit aware and all of the wonderful work they do all day long. Not only does the Keen 2 bring awareness to your BFRB with gentle vibrations, it tracks your vibrations, which allows you to look at your own personal data and make informed decisions. You might be thinking, how do I see my data? Easy, by looking at the Keen 2 app. What if I need help configuring my Keen 2? Schedule a free call with someone from the HabitAware team. Looking for additional support and or community? Join the HabitAware BFRB Change Collective. Start your journey with HabitAware by going to barbaralally.com slash habitaware today. Before you shared your BFRB story, your life looked a little different. Tell us about that. Let's go. I went to school and I worked as a civil engineer for, I probably worked there like six, seven years. Um, I was working in the sewer department. Um, I, I like to joke that it was my parents' dream job for me. Um, it was very stable, government, pension, um, you know, engineers make a lot of money. But I actually liked being an engineer. But I think I, there was still this place where I like wasn't happy, I guess, or really, I was still struggling with my BFRB. And that was this thing that was confusing to me of on the surface. Yeah, I have everything that I'm supposed to have, right? Like I'm, um, you know, I have a job living in the city, friends, dating, whatever it is. And yet I have like, I'm ticking all the boxes. And yet I'm still like, so I guess like anxious, I'm still so stressed. I still, um, yeah, like my hands are really bad. I didn't have the language to like understand that. And so that was confusing to me. And then that's when sort of like Adele made that post. I learned about a BFRB and I started sort of like my mental health journey awakening where I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like so much behind, you know, my skin picking. And it's not just, oh, Jason, you need more lotion or, you know, maybe I need to eat less gluten or something. No, it's like, oh, like I'm just like perpetually anxious all the time and I'm not good at setting up boundaries. I have really high expectations for myself. I'm like overly perfectionistic, all of these like other underlying issues and um, kind of coming to terms with that. That's when I, um, yeah, I started like therapy again and I think I started like digging into it and it was also a time during COVID where, um, yeah, I guess like mental health in general became part of the conversation. And um, I also kind of realized that like, I think the the life that I was living hiding from my BFRB was sort of this like half life, right? Like I was, I was like, a, I wasn't living my true full self. I was always like constantly hiding a little bit about myself. And so kind of realized that hey that's how I've been living for the last 10 years and you know I think about moving like into the future like again 
once I started getting into the BFRB community, I started realizing like, oh, there are people who are like, they're 40 and they're 50 and they're 60. And they're only learning about BFRBs and they're only beginning their journey. And I, I told myself, I was like, oh, okay, I don't want to be 50 and still be struggling with this and still being ashamed of it and still being afraid of it. Um, so yeah, I like quit my engineering job. I, you know, had my own podcast project, uh, which is called Fidget. Um, Barbara, you've been on. And yeah, I just told myself, I'm going to talk to as many BFRB people as I can. And it's just like, figure this out, because I don't want to struggle with this anymore. And it was sort of through, I'm sort of skipping some stuff, but it's sort of through that journey that I kind of made the decision, okay, I don't think I want to go back to engineering. I think I want to like double down, work in this mental health space. Um, so yeah, I'm like currently going back to school to become a registered counselor. And I am kind of like hosting workshops and like, I, I have an internship. So I'm like helping clients now, um, primarily with their BFRBs. And yo, honestly, Barbara, I mean, I know you're a coach now. It's like the best. It's like the freaking best to just, you know, um, yeah, talk to other people about their BFRB. Here's this thing that like, it was so scary to talk about. I was so closeted about it. Um, but now it's here now, exactly the thing that's connecting me to strangers all over the world. I mean, Barbara, you live in Florida, which is like wild to me. Um, but here we are chatting, having a great time. It's crazy. It's yeah. Life works in mysterious ways. <laughs> it is so wonderful to see people with BFRBs helping people with BFRBs. Initially, I didn't want to be a counselor because I honestly, I didn't like the services that they provided. Um, like, so, you know, I mentioned about my like hospitalization and my panic attacks and like um, through that, they recommended me to see counselors. And it was never really the right fit for me. So like four or five people, uh, I went to four or five different counselors and yeah, I could just never be honest with them. I, I never told them like, oh yeah, hey, I like spoke indirectly about, oh, I pick my skin, but like to outright say it, yeah, there was this like level of judgment. And I think just the vibe that I got already was, oh, I am like in a test tube and they are examining me. Um, and so that to me was, was so different about meeting a peer, right? Adele, who she herself was opening about her trick. And that really was the space that I wanted to work in was the sort of like peer led uh, people who struggle with it, helping other people who struggle with it. Um, and I think, yeah, I have like these complicated feelings about counselors and like there's sort of this like power dynamic and this whole like holier than thou I, I don't know what it is and so um that wasn't me but I think going through the podcast I kind of gave myself permission to be like you know hey if that's the kind of counseling that you want there's literally a million other counselors that you can go to um the me trying to hey provide this unique perspective of hey, I have this lived experience too. And I tell people right off the bat in our first session, like, hey, you know, I might be a little uh, untraditional. Um, if this is not what you're looking for, I want to make space for that. But um, I just want to recognize that I'm providing something relatively unique. Like so many people that, I've, that I'm supporting, um, A, I'm their first person that they've ever even admitted to that they pick or pull their hair, let alone another person who struggles with the same thing. And to me, yeah, that's this like 
this special piece of it where I just feel so like uniquely qualified. And I think people can tell like, um, or that's at least the comments I get from my clients is like, wow, like, like the question that I ask is like so specific to like, oh, how did you know to ask that question? And I'm like, Of course, because like, I've done that exact same thing, you know? (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, we can like skip all that. Or they don't need to explain to me why it's shameful or why it's frustrating or whatever it is. So it's, it's, it's special. Yeah, it's like the thing that we've collectively struggled with for so long. And we've spent so much of our time thinking about it's so nice to just have this like space to put it out into the world and like explore it, right? I think for so many people, our BFRB is like, it only lives in our head and we don't even have that like language for it. I, I refer to my BFRB all the time now. It's just, oh, that's my BFRB. But it's like, you know, I think in the past, I was like even too afraid to to like say those words out loud, like as if they would have like have power over me. But now it's almost like, not boring, but like there's like a fluency in which I can like communicate around it. I used to blush bright red whenever I shared about my BFRB, but I got used to sharing about it. How did you get more comfortable? Uh, it's it's a practice. Um, and uh, so expanding on my story a little bit, um, when I made the decision to leave my engineering job, again, I didn't really have a plan. I was just going to like chat with as many people and see, you know, see what would happen. So uh you used to work in a school, right? I'm not sure if uh, they do these like um, like corporate fundraisers, but in Canada, they have these like uh, ride to end cancer. And so, um, you know, somebody would like, uh, or like Movember, I think is a popular campaign, right? All these men, they grow their mustaches and they're raising money for like prostate cancer or something, whatever it is. Um, and so in my head, I'm like, oh, I can just do the same thing. Like I'm going to fundraise to like, increase BFRB awareness. It's not going to any charity. It's just going to me. Um, so that was my plan. I was going to take a year off. And uh, I think I just like did some calculations of, um, hey, if I can like just eat peanut butter and broccoli for a year, <laughs> just keep the lights on. Just, all I need to pay for is Wi-Fi. Uh, how much can I get accomplished? And so I, I set my goal as like $20,000. And I went to literally all my coworkers. Um, I made a list of 100 people and I started from the top and I'm like, hey, I'm quitting my job. I have this thing. It's called a BFRB. I want to learn more about it. Will you support me? Will you donate to my cause? The first, honestly, 60 people was like awful (laughs) like I didn't know like what to say like I was like ah like hey I'm quitting and they're like oh why and it's like well I have this like skin thing and they're like oh you know and I just like I didn't know how to like really do it and I think there was this like fundraising component and I felt awkward about like asking for money and then I was really shy about it I made this like little GoFundMe video and so I'm like ah like I don't know how to explain it just like watch my video and that was like this like safety barrier where I didn't have to like legitimately tell this other human being like m- legit my boss hey I compulsively pick my skin I- like I didn't have those words so it took me 60 people before I really like hit my stride but then the next 40, it was just like, yeah, it was just kind of like a sales pitch. Like, hey, 
I have a BFRB. This is what I do. I'm raising money for it. I'd really appreciate it if you donated. That'd be awesome, you know? Uh, and then, hey, do you have any questions? And then we would start a conversation. I'm like, oh, I do this thing where I bite my nails. Is that related? I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, and so now all of a sudden it turned around and it wasn't this thing that I was like awkward about. It was just like, oh, I know exactly what I'm saying. I know exactly what question you're going to ask me. I, you know, and, and it just became like, I just, it just normalized it for me. So, um, yeah, I made it to the end of like my hundred person list. Um, Barbara, I raised $30,000 uh, doing this. So that's kind of what fueled my like podcast for a year. Um, and uh, again, what pushed me to make the decision of, oh, I want to keep doing this. And so I'm going into counseling, not back in engineering. The, the point of that whole long story was it's so awkward to talk to like normies about it because um I'm I'm now at this place where I'm so comfortable talking about it, but it freaks other people out. And, and it's just like, hey, like I'm so open, but they're afraid to ask. And I'm like, okay, like so I have to like just tell them without them even I don't know if that's rude. I don't know the whole thing. Please tell us about your animated short film, Low Fuel Light. Absolutely. So well, thank you. I made this animated short film. Um, it's called Low Fuel Light. One of the first guests on the podcast was this person named Cheyenne. Um, she lives in the Netherlands and she runs Skin Picking Illustrator on Instagram. And so uh, Adele's much better about the Instagram stuff than me. And so she's like, well, Jason, if we're going to start a podcast, we need like a logo for it. So she reached out to Cheyenne to be like, hey, could you make a logo for a little fidget podcast? And uh, it was through that experience that I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And we interviewed Cheyenne and it was a very exciting moment for me because I'm like literally meeting somebody in Europe who picks their skin. And uh, yeah, that was like one of my first experiences. And I mean, A, her art is beautiful. And I kind of just, when I, you know, uh, quit my job and I was in this journey of like, oh, okay, I want to just like increase the awareness of BFRB. Um, we thought it'd be really cool to have like a little short, video about it and so then yeah we just started talking about like hey this is something that we want to keep doing and really it was just like hey let's just start small you know this isn't going to be our first short film like we're going to make hopefully a whole series of them so like let's just like make all the mistakes and let's just learn so yeah that was kind of the attitude of like we don't want to make it too perfect we just want to you know just get our feet wet practice it um, as for what low fuel light is about is basically how my relationship to my BFRB changed. Um, like you said, Barbara, here's this thing that I hated about myself for so long. And I always, I was always at war with me and myself. And whenever it appeared, I'm like, no, not again. Like, um, but I think as I've you know, been traveling on my journey, a, a big conversation that comes up is like accepting your BFRB. Like, oh, if you just accept your BFRB, if you just come to accept it, accept that maybe you're going to have this thing forever, you're going to struggle a lot less. And um, I think that was a really like challenging concept for me, especially early on. Like, what does it even mean to accept this thing? I hate it so much. Like, it's just horrible and awful, right? And it's like causing so many problems in my life. How could I possibly ever come to like accept it? And it was, acceptance, like, it's like scary, right? 
I feel like if I don't accept it, I could potentially see a life where I don't have it. And that's what I want. But to accept it is, oh my God, is that giving up? Is that me having a BFRB for the rest of my life? So I think, yeah, just that was a very challenging concept for me. And so, you know, it's sort of that theme that I try to explore within Low Fuel Light. I mean, it's a very short film. It's only a few minutes. um, So it's a lot of concepts to cram in. But yeah, I think it's kind of how I've come to appreciate that my BFRB is actually telling me something, which is like useful information. Oh, Jason, if you're picking your skin, probably you're stressed right now. Probably you um, aren't exercising enough. Probably you have a really big work deadline. Probably you're afraid to ask that girl on a date, you know, like whatever it is that's like stressing you out, the way your body is manifesting that is by picking your skin. And so rather than hating this, seeing like a BFRB as a flaw, it's really like a feature. The example is when you're driving your car and your your low fuel light for your gas tank goes on. You don't just ignore that when you're driving a car. You know, you don't put a little piece of tape to cover that light. You say, oh, thank you for telling me, car. Um, I'm going to run out of fuel. I need to go to a gas station. For so many years, I'm like, stupid car. Don't tell me I'm out of fuel. I try to keep driving. And then next thing I know, I'm like out of fuel, stuck on the side of the highway. And I'll be like, oh, like people need to rescue me. That's the short film. Please uh, watch it. Again, it's only a few minutes. It's on YouTube. I'd love to hear, yeah, listeners, what you think about it. Please comment, email me. This was my first project like this. I had no idea what the process is like when we, me and Cheyenne and uh, my friend Thomas, who did the um, music for it, uh, when we started, we were just like, let's make it. Let's figure out what we're going to do afterwards. And it was near the end where, again, we were like proud of it. And we're like, hey, like, we we could do something with this. So we started um, just submitting them to film festivals. Um, I think they got it got into eight all over the place, just various like mental health film festivals. Who knew um, a lot of people like wanting to start the conversation. The one that was most meaningful for me was in Vancouver. Um, it was the Vancouver Asian Film Festival. And it was in like a straight up movie theater. Like, yeah, like an IMAX. Like, I think there was like, three four hundred people in the audience um yeah I like invited so many of my friends my parents were there and you know as like kind of the director of the film I got invited up and like I spoke it was just this like again being in the space where um kind of the work my words was being shown on the like big Dolby surround sound speakers and like 400 people were listening to it I had people come up to me afterwards. It was part of like a a short film fest. So there was like a bunch of other directors and two other directors, two or three, three actually came up to me afterwards. Um, I was like, oh, hey, Jason, like, yeah, I like bite my nails. I didn't know that was a BFRB. And again, we just started talking about it. And um, they're like, yeah, I was like low key diagnosing myself. I was watching your thing. And I'm like, hey, you know, like, I'm glad you have that language. Um, because, you know, for so long, I didn't. How can we find you? If you want to hear more of my thoughts, more of my journey, Fidget Podcast, that's on Instagram. I think you can just go to fidgetpodcast.com. Um, that also has links to uh, Low Fuel Light, the short film, 
so like I mentioned, I do see clients take in BFRB clients. I work through a clinic um, here in Canada, Island Clinical Counseling. But uh, honestly, if you're interested, I host like free 15-minute consultations. You can just chat. I also have a series of like, in addition to Low Fuel Light, like a few other, um, I guess, YouTube, just like short videos, um, because I also host workshops periodically. So you can like watch my YouTube videos. There's some concepts to explore there. Uh, long story short, uh, fidgetpodcast.com should have everything. Uh, please shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Now that you're part of a community, what's the best part about it? I mean, I've mentioned before that, yeah, your book was one of those first pieces that I like had in my hands and I'm reading and I'm like, oh my God, like other people, like hearing your thought process and just your journey. And, you know, I, I love the stories that you had with your, um, your family and kind of you interviewing them. So, um, I mean, thank you for hosting this space. And um, the point that I wanted to make was just the friendship of, now that kind of the BFRB communities opened up, just like, yeah, making friends with other people about BFRBs is like just so meaningful to me. So, I mean, thank you for the friendship, Barbara. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Trick Talks. Did you know that I offer an online trichotillomania focused course? My course is called Sharing Our Stories. As a gift to you, please use promo code TRICKTALKS25 to receive 25% off the five-session package. You can access this promotion at barbaralally.com. Thank mm-hmm. you.